Dallas-Fort Worth is a competitive advantage for our sports properties. We have passionate fans, a large base of corporate support, and world-class facilities. Dallas Stars president Brad Alberts returns to the mic drop to talk about how this season is exceeding his expectations on the business front and why the Stars' upcoming Hockey Fights Cancer Night is so personally meaningful to him and Babe Luffenberg. Mavericks content king Bobby Corella breaks down the Mavericks season so far and offers a fairly sophisticated download recommendation. But first, Michael Malone of Major League Fishing educates us on the power of competitive fishing as a high-performing TV property and talks about an upcoming show that was shot on our local lakes. So let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to the Mic Drop, everybody. Kevin Sullivan here, joined as always by Monica Paul, the Executive Director of the Dallas Sports Commission, along with our next level co-producer, wingman, former intern, Marcus Carr of Tony Fay PR. Thanks for listening and subscribing, everybody. Monica, somehow we have arrived at episode number 40. Now, for me, this is an open and shut case, but I'm going to start with number 40 of the Dallas Cowboys for 15 years, Bill Bates, two Super Bowls, made a Pro Bowl. But that's not who we're honoring and spotlighting here in episode number 40. It's another number 40 that hits a little closer to home for me. That's James Donaldson, who spent 1986 through 92 with the Mavericks, played in the NBA All-Star Game in 1988, which was awesome. Uh, 957 games for JD without ever attempting a three-point shot. That's a record. Among the uh, from the modern era, one of the nicest guys ever to suit up for the Mavericks or any other team for that matter. A Renaissance man. He played the saxophone. Uh, he had he had I think they were golden retrievers named Rico and Jazzy that he was into. He owned a physical therapy clinic at one point. He was an owner of a of a baseball team in Australia. He ran for mayor of Seattle back in 2010. One of the all time great guys. James Donaldson. Monica, this is our Thanksgiving show. Uh, we're taking next week off, so we have time to for me to make my green bean casserole for my family and for you to make your banana pudding and maybe a little pea, a little pea side dish. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm grateful for. First of all, obviously, my family and, and just the many, many blessings uh, on the personal front, uh, primarily around uh, the health and well-being of our family. But I'm also grateful that you uh, have allowed me to do this this year. You and, and Tony Fay reached out to me uh, late last year. This has been a blast and, and, and I really enjoy it. So thanks for having me on the mic drop. Uh, so much to be grateful for. What are you grateful for this year, Monica? Well, Sully, I'm definitely grateful that you're my co-host because I wouldn't want to do this alone. Uh, and I, I, I do maybe get a little bit tweaked whenever you, uh, you know, get me on my longhorn season, which hasn't been fantastic this year, but uh, I'm very thankful for for my family, uh, friends, obviously, the being able to make it through uh, COVID and hopefully seeing a rebound from a sports standpoint and uh, my clients and rights holders being able to be successful and come out of COVID as well. Um, I, I'm looking forward to some time off next week. So I'm glad this is our Thanksgiving edition. Um, you are right. Uh, there are already text messages flying in terms of from my family at in terms of what's what is everybody bringing and we really have our staple but we have one big one uh my grandmother used to always burn the dressing uh and we came to love the burnt dressing so uh, i've got text messages here make sure to burn whoever's cooking it this year make sure to burn the dressing so that's what i'm thankful for marcus what are you grateful for this year uh definitely thankful for the mic drop team we've uh i think we've had a pretty good run at this and uh, super impressed with the progress we've made since episode zero that never uh, that never went went live. Um, but no, I, I think uh, grateful for for my family and um, I have a dog that's a year now. So thankful for how big he's gotten and and uh, all of that. So uh, I'm definitely uh, definitely looking forward to the week off as well. Definitely grateful for the mic drop team. And besides the mic drop, Monica, the official podcast of the Dallas Sports Commission, what else is happening over at the Sports Commission this week? 
Well, we just finished up our NCAA Women's Final Four um, tip-off meetings for planning for 2023. So, you know, when thinking about it, you're like, oh, 2023, that's not, that's way down the road. But uh, really the, the planning for that starts now in, in January of 2022, uh, really to be able to be successful uh, in 2023. We have a logo unveil of that uh, Women's Final Four um, logo on December 1st over at AT&T Discovery District. So excited about that. Uh, we had a site visit for the CrossFit Games and uh, really honing in on trying to push ticket sales for our two-night uh, WrestleMania uh, this upcoming April 2nd and 3rd over at AT&T Stadium. So uh, a lot happening this week, actually. I've been very busy. As always with you, the hardest working woman in sports entertainment uh, and show business. Uh, this week, we're talking Dallas Stars with team president Brad Alberts. We're talking Mavericks with digital content guru Bobby Corella. And we're back in a moment to learn all about Major League Fishing and what brought Major League Fishing to our area with Michael Malone. But first, over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events. Whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches, Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup. Thanks, Rach. Now we're really pleased to be joined by Michael Malone. He's the Senior Director of Events and Partnerships for Major League Fishing. He oversees the event planning, site selection, and the partnerships uh, with destinations like Dallas, which hosts Major League Fishing tournaments. Michael joined Major League Fishing in 2018 after nearly 14 years in uh, similar roles at Bassmasters and ESPN. Prior to that, long career in the hospitality racket, kind of like Monica, a little convention and visitors bureau, sports commission work uh, in North Carolina and Florida. Michael, welcome to the mic drop. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to see you guys. You know, before I hand off to Monica, I'm not, uh, I have to admit to you, I'm not much of an angler. I have fished, and it is exhilarating when you catch a fish. So I, I get it. But I think Monica needs to talk about her experience as an angler before she begins uh, the interview. Oh, my gosh, Sully. I can't believe you did this to me. Um, so, Michael, I need a little bit of help uh, here. I like to fish. Uh, I have a lake house, so I'll be sitting out on the on the dock every now and then fishing. I used to go fishing with my grandmother and grand, my grandfather and my dad and whatnot. But, and I'll put a minnow on the hook and I'll put a worm on the hook. But if I catch a fish, I will not take it off the hook to the point where my mother made me these custom uh, uh, gloves that basically says Monica's fishing gloves. How do I get over the, uh, um, I don't know. Not being able to take a fish off a hook. Is it fear? Is it uh, is it is it was a bad experience? Or is it is just what 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 was that? I mean, we we've got to work on this. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the slimy part. I don't know. But it doesn't make sense because I can put a minnow on there and it doesn't uh, it doesn't bother me. But yeah, I think this is emotional and not physical. I think we need to work <laughs> on the emotional side of things. But. Well, it's great to see you, though. I mean, it's it's always always a pleasure. We you know we've like we said we've been in this racket for a long time, and it's great to to be able to connect. and And we had a great time this past week uh, in Dallas at our event. Uh, didn't have a lot of fanfare about it. That's what that's the, the the thing about this event. There is this is a major TV event. How major started, but uh, had a great event. And uh, but I can't tell you about who won yet. So that's that's for later. Oh, okay. That might have been one of my questions here, but. So I didn't even know, because uh, I knew you in some of your former lives as well, um, that Major League Fishing has been around for, for nine years. Give, what is this league all about, uh, and how did, how sure, did it start? Sure. sure, let me give you the kind of the, the rundown kind of as to kind of how we got to where we are. So um, um, some anglers from different tournament organizations got together uh, over 10 years ago now and said, you know what, we want to change the game. We want to bring more people to it. And uh, they were at another specialty tournament that uh, actually Gulf States Toyota was putting on um, in Texas. And uh, they had, you know, you know uh, scales in the boats, officials in the boats. 
I said, boy, it'd be cool if we could do this, but then bring this to the masses where everybody could see what the score is as it happens. So they got with a producer named Jim Wilburn, uh, who's out of uh, Oklahoma. And they said, this is the idea that we have. How can we do this from a technology standpoint? And, uh, and that's how Major the Fishing was born with, with Gary Klein and Boyd Duckett and Kelly Jordan, uh, Gary and Kelly both being Texans themselves. And uh, they said, you know, let's try to make the technology. And, and, you know, with a lot of back and forth, they basically created the score tracker system, which is the equivalent of an iPad that has live scoring. So we have officials in the boats. Uh, there is a camera on each of the boats of these, uh, these Major League Fishing Cup events. So if I'm on one side of the lake and Monica, you're on the other side and I'm leading you by three pounds and then you catch a four pounder, your official will put that four pounder score into the score tracker. And then my official will tell me instantly, hey, Michael, score tracker update. Monica just caught a four pounder. She now leads you by the pound. So by doing that, increases the content, increases the, the, the scoreboard uh, as it will. So people know what the score is. It's the first time that in fishing, we know what the score is as you go along. And then it just makes it so much more exciting to watch. So we actually have a leaderboard on the side of the screen. So just like you're watching a, a NASCAR race and you see how the, uh, the, the, the driver is moving up uh, in the standings, so is the same. So if an angler keeps catching fish, he gets on them, then, then his, his uh, place will start going up. And it, it just makes really interesting television. And what happened was in 2018, anglers from uh, two other leagues got together and they said, you know, we wanna create our own series. Uh, the, the Bass Pro Tour started in 2019. Now the anglers from Bass Pro Tour now uh, fish with us exclusively. These are the best anglers in the world. Uh, they're, they're fishing for $100,000 on a regular season event. Uh, they fish for these cup events and we held one in Dallas this past week. Uh, it was the 7th to 12th. I will tell you that we fished on Lake Lavone, Louisville and Eagle Mountain. Um, we had nine anglers fish per day. Uh, we cut that down until the, the final day and, um, and it actually airs in the outdoor channel. It'll air starting the second quarter of the outdoor channel. Every day of competition is a two hour show on the outdoor channel and it's the number one show on the outdoor channel. So just shows you how big of a deal this is, how big this is in the industry. The anglers love it, the sponsors love it, uh, but most of all the fans love it because you really show how an angler has to break something down uh, and get to a fishery and figure it out and, uh, and make it happen. Well, Michael, that's interesting because I've, so now basically what you just told me is that you don't have to wait to weigh in to kind of find out who, who the winner, who the leader is. So I've been to, you know, some, exactly. some bass uh, master classics in the past. So I didn't kind of understand what that model looks like. So this is very uh, innovative, I think, and, uh, and interesting. Definitely we'll have to follow along there. Um, you mentioned the November 7th through 12th uh, here, Lake Levon, Louisville, and Eagle Mountain. Um, and I think a lot of our listeners may, you know, not know uh, what type of, you know, great lakes that, that we have here. Why, why Dallas and how did you end up here? Uh, within a, a, a drive and really in any direction, you've got some fantastic fisheries. And, um, you know, for the most part, though, some of them are not huge in size when it comes from a tournament size. So they couldn't host necessarily like a 200 boat tournament. But for what we wanted to do from a uh, television component and having basically nine guys a day of fishing these lakes, we could really highlight some of these smaller destinations and smaller fisheries and, um, and have it be uh, just an exciting uh, event to happen. Uh, so the other part of it that we do too, just as an aside, uh, we, we actually fished on Grapevine as well. We bring, we bring sponsors fishing at each of these tournaments too. So we, we actually fished that. That's not for TV, but um, we, we've picked Dallas for a lot of those reasons that the, uh, the fishing's great um, and the fantastic hotel. So really excited about coming there and had a, had a great event. Our, our team just loved it. Michael, I have to ask, I, I grew up in rural, you know, Texas. I, my brother is a, is, I won't necessarily call him angular, but he loves to fish, uh, recreationally. Sure. How, um, how does one get, get down this track to become a, a angler that can actually compete at this level? Sure. Well, there's actually a path and you can actually do that. So Major League Fishing purchased FLW in 2019, and we are now the world's largest fishing tournament organization. And starting with the one day bass fishing league tournaments that anybody can compete in, uh, you could start as, a, as an angler or a co-angler and not even, you don't even need to own a boat in fishing, in fishing tournaments. And we have over 150 of those that are around the country. Uh, the next level up is, is the um, Toyota series. Um, and those are three day tournaments that happen. We have 18 of those around the country. Um, from the Toyota series, you qualify to the pro circuit, which um, is a qualification to get into there. Uh, top anglers from the pro circuit get to there. And then 
from there, the pro circuit qualifies into the Bass Pro Tour. So think of it as like single A, double A, triple A, and then going to the pros uh, with Major League Fishing. But, you know, you, you said, how do you start? But a lot of people do start with their families fishing, as you did as well. Uh, the high school and college programs that we have are unbelievable. We have uh, high school anglers that are competing uh, and college anglers that are competing for their, for their schools. Uh, they can wear their school colors. It's not NCA sanctioned. We, we sanction it. So they wear their own colors and their own jerseys. They can have sponsors on them, uh, which were the new rules, obviously, with the NCA. That makes it a lot easier with, with colleges uh, when they you know, receive earnings and, and prizes for the school. Um, but the, the college program has just blown up and uh, kids get, get out of college and they now have a path that if they want to follow their sport, um, there really isn't a, a draft of sorts. It's you've got to go ahead and make it. You've got to go ahead and, and catch a lot of fish. And then by then you can, by catching a lot of fish, you can then get more sponsors, which helps you get to the next tournament. So um, it's really performance-based uh, to get to that level and get to the next level. Uh, but there's definitely a clear path of that. Guys need to be good marketers. They need to be good at business. Uh, so, you know, taking that college route is a smart thing to do uh, because now there's a path to go from college and then they can hop into the Toyota series from there and then, then proceed. So Major League Fishing has it all top to bottom and uh, there's, there's, it, it's the place to be. Michael, you, you talked about what makes Major League Fishing so compelling on TV. Talk a little bit about the technology. You've got cameras and iPads in the boat. How, how, do, you, you know, how do you deploy all that technology out in the middle of a, of a lake? Yeah, so one of the cool things about the Destinations Love that we bring a lot of people to the tournaments. Um, when we have a tournament from the Bass Pro Tour, we bring 50 officials. The Bass Pro Tour is 80 anglers and 40 fish per, per day. So it's 40 on, 40 on, off, 40 on, 40 off. Uh, so then there's 40 officials out in the water with them. And we, and for those old tournaments, we put 12 cameras out in the water. Um, the cameras have a little uh, really cell phone connected to the back of them. And of course the uh, iPads we use, which is the court, score tracker system are then uh, needed to be um, cell phone, iPhones or iPads. And in the back of each um, uh, boat, we uh, put a mount at the beginning of the, each angler's boat. That mount receives a, basically a Pelican box. And in that Pelican box, is a mixer and it takes in AT&T, uh, Verizon, Sprint. And before we even go to a tournament to make sure that we can go there, we need to make sure that the self service is good. So we have good data transfers between and then video transfers because when we're live streaming the event on majorleaguefishing.com, we want our fans to see the content. So if the fans can't see the content and the anglers can't know what the other anglers are doing, then we're not gonna go there for a lake. On top of it, you know, there, there's, the, there's the option that we can, you know, zone off half a lake if it, it's not as good, but that's sometimes where the good fishing is, where the, where the, where the bad cell service is sometimes is the good fishing. So we do need to, to, to make sure that the cell service is good. We do have the, the, the mixers and the, and the boats that, um, that we bring to each boat each day uh, that gathers that cell phone and basically makes a, a hot spot in each boat. Uh, and then we have the the cameras that are that are cell enabled as well as the iPads, uh, so everybody can talk to each other. So it's quite an operation that we bring on site with our officials, uh, our cameramen. They're on site, and just kind of as a you know heads and beds kind of uh, example, we we booked nearly 700 hotel rooms um, this past week uh, for for doing a, a television production fishing tournament that only had 27 anglers. So when it comes to the the, the media impact that we bring with over 15 hours of original content on the outdoor channel, about 72 hours of content when you consider the rears, talk about the heads and beds. It's a great economic and, and media push for, for the destination. We're, we're, of course, so happy to work with, with Monica and her team to, to put it on. Well, that's all music to her ears. Uh, much like NASCAR, sponsorship drives your sport. You know, I just following your Instagram feed and watching a few videos, the anglers are covered in logos like a NASCAR driver would be clearly you've made it through the pandemic in pretty good shape uh you know as an outdoor activity you know golf experienced a huge surge in rounds played uh, during the pandemic did did your sport come through was that was that part of the advantage of you know during the pandemic people remained interested in fishing and getting outside with their with their friends it was and we saw it, uh, across all levels first from the from the state aspect uh, around the country, numbers we had from from different uh, state associations was that anywhere from 30 to 40 percent of the uh, licenses have been increased. Uh, from the boat side, it's just like everything else. The supply chain is very difficult. 
But since people couldn't travel in, um, uh, internationally or do any other travel, uh, they went out and bought boats and RVs. And there's still a waiting list to get boats uh, when people want to buy boats and they want to buy tackle. So there's a lot of people who out there went out there and if you go to Bass Pro Shops, you can't find tackle in some shelves. They've got some, they had some empty shelves. Uh, now they're, they're at the point now where they're, they've caught up, but they definitely had some supply issues. We were glad, glad to make it through. It was a difficult thing to have to, to go through. We actually had to cancel some events and reschedule some things as, as all sports did, but we're a socially distant sport, you know, other than the angler, the official and the, uh, the cameraman of the boat, there, everybody else is pretty much alone and we were able to socially distant and be safe about it. So uh, we made it through and uh, we're stronger than ever. Well, Michael, I happen to be one of those who purchased a boat during COVID. You did. Uh, you did. I did, yeah. So what'd I you, have that piece. Uh, I It's a used boat, uh, but a, a Sea Ray boat rider, 220. Very good. Wonderful. Yep. Wonderful. Yep. So I I take my my brother out fishing on it. Uh, uh Awesome. Uh, every time he comes to to visit, uh, so not a bass boat or anything like that, That's but right. I have, yeah, I have hey, fished listen, out of out there. Yeah, I have to take him with them with me so that he can take the fish off the hook, you know. So, <laughs> um, Michael, thank you for joining us. But before you, uh, we let you go. Uh, this is our our Thanksgiving edition. Um, okay. Tell us what you're grateful for this year. Oh, that's awesome. I'm I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. Um, grateful for friends and family. Um, uh, uh, my wife and my daughters are, uh, are, are, are everything. Um, my mom is, is still around. We're gonna go see her for Christmas. I'm gonna see uh, my brother and, and his family, uh, his wife. The, um, the friends that I've made in this industry um, are second to none. Um, you know, I've been doing this for over 20 years, uh, first on the city side and hotel side, and, and, and now as a planner and um, you know, the, the tourism and sports industry has been, has been just great to me, uh, but being a part of the, of the fishing industry and the fishing and boating tackle, um, it, it, it just been very special. I'm very grateful for all the connections that I've made that have then become friends, uh, which we, we, you know, know each other like family. So, um, you know, when I, when I see you and you talk about your family and talk about Ginger and her husband and everything that, that they do. And, and, you know, it's just great to make those connections and do that over and over. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about to be able to, to see old friends. If you have them in a week or a year, uh, just to have that connection and, and do that. So friends and family are, are the best and, uh, and happy Thanksgiving to, to you, Monica and you, Kevin, it, it's, it's, uh, it's great to be with you and thank you so much for, for having me. Fantastic. Well, once you know the exact, uh, times of uh, the show on outdoor channel in 2022 please let us know we'd love to put that out to our listeners so that they can uh watch uh and we can finally learn who won here in in dallas Absolutely. over i will tell you this i will say this there were some big ones okay all right i like I li big wins okay i like that um well michael thank you for joining us um we're going to send it over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors. Thank you. Did you know the Dallas Zoo provides guests with real-life opportunities to make memorable connections with more than 2,000 animals? Please support the zoo's mission to inspire and empower action on behalf of the wildlife in Texas and around the world. Visit DallasZoo.com to purchase your tickets today. Welcome back to the mic drop, Brad Alberts. Now, he is not just the Dallas Stars president. He's Mike Drop royalty. Brad was an episode one Mike Drop guest last February, along with Jeff Van Gundy and the great Mike Reiner. So this is welcome back to the Mike Drop, Brad. Thanks for joining us again. Well, thanks, Sully. Thanks, Monica. I'm I'm so honored to be a return guest. <laughs> there's there's not many of them. Status. No, yeah, you, you're, you're in the yeah, you're in that an exclusive club. Reiner is in there. Mark Followell. It's that uh, Babe Laufenberg is a two timer, and now you join that exclusive company. So thank you uh, for joining us. So give us uh, your assessment of the season so far on the ice. Uh, you know, survive some injuries. Things seem to be pointing in the right direction. How are you feeling about the team? Yeah, I mean, we haven't, you know, we haven't obviously played overall the way we want to or the way we thought we we would, but uh, certainly the last couple games here at home 
I think our team has looked more like themselves. Um, you know, Rupe and, and Jason Robertson have started to score, which we knew they would, and we we obviously need them too. And so that's really that's really important. But yeah, I mean, we've got we've got a tough stretch of games here now over the next couple of weeks. So I think we'll get a really good assessment and a good test of, of where we're at. And, and hopefully um, our guys have kind of found their legs and um, are finding their way here and start playing better. Now off the ice, it's been great to see the AAC rocking again with fans, uh, you know, in full throated uh, uh, attendance. How has the business of the stars bounced back as we, you know, begin to emerge from the pandemic, including, you know, with your sponsors and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, Sully, our business has been unbelievable. And, you know, none of us, including me, knew, you know, really what to expect kind of coming out of COVID here um, and seeing how the consumer would, would behave around sports. But certainly in Dallas, it's been beyond our expectations. Every one of our, our metrics and sales are, are booming. Our ticket sales through the first, you know, five, six games here have been unbelievable. Um, you know, the attendance at every one of our games, including midweek games here pre-Thanksgiving, have been better than I can ever remember. Um, our sponsorship business continues to be excellent in this great market that Dallas is. The corporate support that we get from, from our partners in this city is unbelievable. And, and merchandise, you guys, has been through the roof. And that's one of the things that I can't put my finger on as to why, you know, people are buying so much merch, but our merchandise numbers have been incredible through the first two months of the season and even dating back into the preseason games. So, yeah, I mean, really, really good environment, really good atmosphere, business metrics, all really exploding. So I'm really excited about, you know, the business here and where we're all headed. You know, Brad, this is episode 40, and we've heard, Monica and I have heard consistently in interviewing more than 100 guests now, they, talking about the competitive advantage that Dallas is, the passion of the fans, the support of the business community. Uh, how big of a, you know, you, you agree with that, obviously, that this is a, a major, being in Dallas gives you an advantage to bounce back quicker than in, in some markets. But is it the passion of the fans and the business community coming together that make that happen? Well, I think there's a lot going on here, you guys. And, you know, this city continues to see, you know, unfortunately, you know, great continued economic growth, um, you know, not only in real estate, but in, you know, corporate relocation and just overall, you know, corporate business. And I think the business community and the environment around the business community is a huge advantage. For us with the Stars and the NHL, Dallas has been a place that NHL players want to play, uh, play in and play at. And it's been like that really for, for 20 some years. And so I think just the living conditions, the cost of living, the support. Yeah, I mean, all of it. Dallas, I think we've got one of, if not the best city in the country right now for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I continue to be bullish on this market. I think, you know, our players do guys love playing here. Like I just said, uh, and the corporate support, you know, um, it's, it's unrivaled other than, you know, maybe New York, um, you know, the corporate support here it, and it continues to just get better. You guys, I've, you know, I've been here now 20 years and it amazes me how every year it just continues to get stronger. So it is a huge advantage. When we had you on back in February, we talked a little bit about the Valley sports, uh, you know, the impasse with the cord cutters, the, you know, the, the, the streaming services. Any update you can give us on, on that or how you think that, you know, where that stands right now, how it might end up? Well, as you can imagine, Sully, I've been asked this question many times and no, there is no update. My, my answer today was the same that I probably gave five or six months ago. I mean, it it continues to be, you know, what you're seeing play out is really the sausage making behind the scenes of, you know, sports television. And, you know, the RSN business is, is a really unique one. And the challenges that everybody's facing with cord cutting is, you know, is creating this, you know, pause or this lull or this discomfort in viewership and how you're able to get, you know, your sports. 
And really what's happening, ultimately, this is going to end up being great for sports consumers. They're all going to be able to get, you know, their teams, their programming, and it's going to be really at, you know, a touch of a, you know, of a button. And they're going to be able to click on what they want. The issue, as you guys can imagine, that's going on is how does everybody make money on this and how do the economics play out? And the reason why everybody's taking so long is nobody wants to do the first deal, which leads to the run to the bottom. And so there's this incredible, you know, pause and um, no one wants to, to make the first move. And so you've got pressure coming from all the cable companies with cost cutting into the, you know, the Sinclairs of the world that now own these RSNs. So the subscription fees that are coming from those cable companies aren't there which in turn then leads to, well, how are we going to pay all the teams their rights fees? And so, like I said, it's all in the economics. And that's why this is really complicated, because in order to figure out the fix, it involves the leagues, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NHL all together trying to figure this out. And then, you know, the owners of the RSNs. In our case, it's Sinclair. So it's a very complicated, convoluted economic discussion behind the scenes. But it's, you know, and it's unfortunate for the fans of all these teams that it has to continue like this. But there really is nothing that we can do at the team level to fix this. We can get mad at Sinclair and they'll just ignore us. So there's no point, you know, we've done that. I've expressed my displeasure with this to, you know, to Steve Simpson, who's our friend at the, in the local GM here at our office. But, you know, he, he, he can't do anything about it either. So. It's another one of these complicated things that's going on in the business of how we deliver sports television is changing. So, Brent, um, we were we've had the NCAA women's basketball staff in town over these last two days. Uh, we actually had tip off meeting as we prepare for our 2023 uh, women's final four. And uh, one of the newer staff members on the NCAA side uh, is from Canada. So. Uh, we had our meetings at the American Airlines Center all day on, on Tuesday, and uh, it was a little chilly in there, I have to say. But I think we may have made her week because she was able to attend your game that that evening. And uh, being from Canada, she's like, there's hockey here tonight. Yes, man, there's <laughs> hockey here tonight. So uh, she actually left our uh, uh, our little outing uh, to head back over to the American Airlines Center. So just want to let you know that. Well, that's good to hear. Always wanting to create more hockey fans. Yeah, sure. well, we, we may transform her into a Stars fan. She's going to be back <laughs> here in, in Dallas so much. So I'll work on that. Um, good. Brad, you, you mentioned you're going over to St. Phillips, and we know that uh, the Stars are really, really engaged in, in the community and giving back. Uh, you've got a special night coming up uh, on November 23rd with Hockey Fights for Cancer. Um, we had Babe Loffenberg on a few weeks ago, really talking about, you know, what participating in that puck drop really meant to him. Can you expand a little bit on, you know, what, what is that night? What can fans expect? And uh, how impactful is that for the community? Well, hockey fights cancer and the NHL have been synonymous now for, you know, longer than I can remember. So it's something that our league has, has really embraced for, for a long-term, you know, period here. Um, our case, obviously, you know, I personally know Babe really well. Our organization is close to Babe. Um, and we all know his story, you know, about his son, Luke, and how passionate he is to continue to, um, to keep Luke's spirit alive. Um, I went to uh, a breakfast that uh, some of you were at, you know, last summer that, you know, that Babe held and kind of Luke's honor. And you know, I walked out of there and I said to Marty Turco, who runs our foundation, who was there with me, we really need to ha ask Babe to come drop the puck on that night. I think people need to know the story of Luke. Uh, I think it would be good therapy for, for Babe as well to have this. So we're, we're excited and honored to have Babe, you know, drop the puck and tell the story of Luke. Um, you know, cancer is such a devastating disease that we've all had to face. And so this is just another horrible story of a of a young man that's gone way too soon way too soon uh, because of this disease and our work with Jeff Phelous and the American Cancer Society is really important you know I'm on their CEO board now as well I've lost my mother to cancer so it's personal to to me it's personal to everybody in our organization and 
um, you know, I guess what will come from it is, uh, is all of our fans are going to understand Luke Laufenberg and what a great human being he was. I think that's fantastic, uh, Brad. I saw um, Babe on the news a few weeks ago when they were doing the, um, the event uh, when they were playing UNT. So uh, I, I, I'm hoping to be there on the 23rd. So let's get back on the ice a little bit. We had Braden Holt be on uh, right before the season started. He was a fantastic guest. Uh, he's missed a couple of games, but uh, Brad, what has his addition meant to the team? Well, he's brought, you know, veteran goaltending and a steadiness, you know, in the net, you know, early on when we, we went on our first road trip, Braden was our best player. You know, he got us a great two points at Madison Square Garden uh, on opening night. You know, like I said, you just having another veteran presence there for, you know, for Jake Ottinger, our young and up and coming goaltender to just watch how he works. Braden's got a great work ethic and, um, you know, I think a great approach to, to the game. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's won a Vesna. So just having that kind of pedigree in your locker room never hurts. And so, you know, it's a long, you know, it's a long season. Uh, we're just getting started. We haven't even got to Thanksgiving yet. And, um, you know, Braden's going to be a big part of what we, you know, what we need to do come, you know, late spring when hopefully we're making a push for the playoffs and then ultimately uh, hopefully getting in. Well, I, I, you may have just answered my, my next question, Brad, because it was all about, hey, if, if these stars can stay healthy, how good could this team actually be? Well, I think we're trying to figure that out. We certainly hope that we can, we can be, you know, a championship, you know, type team. Monica, the one thing that we, we know that we built this team to play in the playoffs and we're built to play in a, in a seven game series in the NHL playoffs. You know, we just have to get there though. And that's a, that's an entirely different experience. And so that's what we're, you know, we're battling through right now. Um, we certainly think that we have, you know, a team that once we get to the NHL tournament, you know, that we can play with anybody. Um, right now, we're trying to, to figure out how we can uh, how we can win tonight at Minnesota. So they've got a good young team; they can score, and um, you know. But I think, like I said earlier, to start, I mean, we we didn't play the first ten games the way we wanted to, but it seems like in the last two, we started to look more like ourselves and. Hopefully that continues on tonight and we play at home, you know, Saturday night against St. Louis. Let's, let's see how those go. And then we've got, you know, the most dynamic player in the league and Connor McDavid and Edmonton coming in here on Tuesday. So we've got some good tests uh, coming up here in the next three games. So we're going to get a good, good assessment of where we're at. Brad, you said you are always looking to add hockey fans. So that's, that's always really good, but I will be actually attending my first hockey game in late December uh, with my brother, who is also going to be attending his first hockey game at the Stars. What can we expect from the Stars game? Great entertainment, a fun experience, hopefully a dynamic game itself. Um, but yeah, I think the American Airlines Center continues to be a great place to watch sports, great arena. We feel like we, uh, we deliver great entertainment for everybody. I, I have not heard from too many people that go to a Stars game and say that was boring or they didn't have a good time. So we take great pride in, uh, in the entertainment experience that we put together, and I think you're going to find that it's your first game. You know, you know, Brad, for Marcus attending his first game, we got to give Al Montoya an assist because when we had Al on the program and he talked about reaching out to – new fans we all sort of uh, challenged marcus you know come on you got to get out there and al jumped right in so uh, we, we've had a lot of fun stars uh, representation on the on the mic drop marty turco told one of the best stories we've heard in our first 40 episodes but it was al who really i think lit the fire under marcus so so let's give uh, the old goaltender an assist on that one uh before we let you go uh, this is our thanksgiving show we're going to take next week off uh uh, Brad, so what are you thankful for this year? Oh, I'm thankful for a lot, Sully. I'm thankful for an incredible team of people, um, you know, at the Stars that have battled through unbelievable adversity over the last couple of years um, and have stayed with us, you know, and continue to work, you know, day in and day out to make our franchise great. I'm thankful for great health in my family. I've got a great, you know, family here. My daughter is loving going to Ursuline. 
I've got a great healthy father, you know, up in Wisconsin who's still, you know, humming along playing golf every day. So, um, you know, I, things are, things are getting better. It's a tough world out there as we all know, but, um, I'm thankful to work with such great loving and caring people in Dallas here for sure. Well, Brad, uh, thank you for, for, we're grateful for you coming on the mic drop for a second time. All the best to you and your family and all the best for continued success for the stars on the ice. So thanks to, to Brad Alberts for joining us. And now over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. The Perot Museum of Nature and Science plays a vital role in preparing the most talented and diverse STEM workforce of tomorrow right here in Dallas. Become a member today and enjoy free admission and other valuable benefits to support this nonprofit landmark. Visit perotmuseum.org for more information. Thanks, Rachel. And now welcome to the mic drop, Bobby Corella, Digital Content Manager with the Mavericks. Uh, Bobby, we like we like people who work their way up from internships. And Bobby did a bunch of internships. I remember seeing uh, you in action, Bobby, at, during the 2014 NCAA Final Four on the Tony Faye PR SWAT team. Uh, and so you you are, you know, this is a really talented guy, folks. And I know where he gets his creativity as a writer and reporter on Ma Mavericks content. It's from his mom, <laughs> Cheryl Corella a uh, longtime high performer in the Dallas Mavericks front office for many years, but also one of the funniest people on Instagram. So follow Cheryl Corella on Instagram, everybody, and you will, you will laugh. And I imagine that uh, Bobby, that's where, where you get some of your creativity, but tell us, tell us about your role with the Mavericks and, and, and you know, you're on podcasts, you're interviewed, you're all over the place. So break it down for us, what your role is with the Mavericks. Yeah, so I'm, my title is digital content manager, but I don't really actually manage any digital content. I kind of, I'm more of like an unofficial mascot or trying to be a, a living, breathing Mavs encyclopedia, uh, basically just talking or writing or thinking, live streaming, uh, recording about the Mavs at all hours of the day across all platforms. So social media, like we just launched a Twitch channel. And so I'm trying to build that up now. Um, you know, just doing a little bit of everything. And I think ultimately, you know, the through line for all the projects that I take on and everything that I try to do is educate people about the Mavs and about basketball in general, especially NBA basketball, of course, but do it in a very entertaining way uh, that is digestible to fans of all levels of seriousness and investment. You know, whether you have never heard of a pick and roll before or whether you know every result for every Mavs game dating back to 1980. Um, you know, I'm trying to connect with people and, and build bridges from, you know, the Mavs to the community to across the entire world. Uh, you know, we have a global fan base. And so, um, you know, just trying to do that all the time. And now we have more power and more reach to do that than ever before. So it's, it's really exciting. So, Bobby, the Mavericks are kind of hanging in there despite losing uh, KP for a few games. And now Luca is out. Uh, give us your assessment. Where do our Mavs stand? It's been kind of a weird start because like you said, with Porzingis out, you know, he's so important to what they do and he got hurt in the third game of the year and hopes were very high for him coming into this season because he had a healthy off season for the first time in his career. And all of a sudden, boom, you're trying to hit the ground running and your second best guy's out. And then he comes back and looks great for a few games and then Lucas sprains his ankle. And so, uh, you know, no journey is smooth and no matter how far you made it the season before the Mavs felt like they easily could have or should have won that first round series last year and then who knows what happens in the playoffs but last year is history everyone starts back at square one this year and the Mavs are doing so with a new coach new front office new general manager and Nico Harrison uh, Jason Kidd obviously calling the shots on the bench you know they gotta they gotta rally together and handle all this adversity and and get ready to to climb the mountain again so um that said they're still off to a good start. They're nine and five. They suffered a tough loss last night uh, against the Phoenix Suns, but they're having a great start so far. They're playing much better defense and they're starting to hit some threes too. So the product on the floor is looking much more polished, looking much more potent. You know, now it's just trying to get Luca back on the floor, trying to keep KP healthy, and then hopefully they can see what they have. It definitely seems to be a, a different energy uh, out there this year. So very excited to see. I, I know a lot of fans are tuning in and uh, just uh, looking to see how the season unfolds. So, Bobby, we are actually taking off next week. So this is our Thanksgiving edition of the Mic Drop podcast. Uh, and we're all discussing what we're very grateful for. Uh, 
What are you grateful for this year? Professionally or personally or both? You can do both. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so professionally, I'm really grateful. You know, one of the, one of the things that I really like about working for the Mavs, and this kind of starts from the top with Mark Cuban is that we have the freedom to really explore. And when you're working in the digital space, that matters a whole lot. You know, you can't really play by the, the old school rules. You know, you always have to be looking to innovate. And so I'm grateful that our organization gives us that level of freedom, uh, especially so with building out the studio. So normally I would be, uh, well, in a few weeks, I'll be sitting at a desk in a different part of this room with this awesome studio behind me that did not exist a month ago. Uh, I'm actually sitting in an old AC unit room where there just used to be a giant air conditioning unit in here and nothing else. But we cleared that out and we're turning it into a broadcast studio and investing a ton of money into equipment and, you know, uh, building out the space to make it look very nice. So, uh, you know, that's kind of an extension of the freedom that we have to create and the, the level of trust and commitment that the organization has in us. And so for that, I'm very grateful. Um, personally, man, that's tough. Because um, so much of my life during the season is professional. Professional becomes personal uh, during the season. But uh, I'm very grateful that uh, I've made it through the pandemic pretty safe and healthy and that most of my family, the rest of my family really has as well. Um, you know, that's something that I can be grateful for all the time. Uh, Bobby, of course, Dirk Nowitzki's number gets retired on January 5th, if I'm not mistaken. Is it true you're going to call the new studio Studio 41? Oh, it's Studio 41. That's right. An ode to the goat. Uh, we were trying to think of like, you know, what do we call this thing? Because we're going to do all sorts of stuff in here. And so it needs to have a name, right? And uh, my boss, I think it was Studio 54 something. I'm, I'm, I'm a young guy. I don't really know too much about yeah, entertainment right. history. Yeah. Um, but uh, my boss suggested Studio 41. We're like, all right, that's perfect. That's perfect. And in the logo, uh, where the eye is supposed to be in studio, there's a little little silhouette of Dirk hoisting the one-legged fade. So we, we had to honor the greatest of all time whenever we can. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's fantastic. So this is the portion of the podcast where we ask our guests for a recommendation. What are you streaming? What are you downloading? It can be book, podcast, music, TV, movie, uh, what do you have for us uh, this week, Bobby? What I've been reading recently, I'm, I really like this book. It's called Bobby Fischer Goes to War. It's about the 1972 World Chess Championship between Bobby Fischer, an American chess player, and Boris Bosky from the Soviet Union. Um, you know, for those who don't know, I'm not going to give the entire history of chess or anything, but basically chess was the Soviet sport. It was basically the Soviet football for a very, very, very long time. They dominated at the global level. And then all of a sudden, you have this really young, cocky American guy that comes along and takes down the whole Soviet chess machine one by one. And uh, they played this world championship in Iceland, which is a very small country now. It was even less populated back then. So it's like the biggest sporting event in the world that year is happening in one of the smallest countries. Uh, and so it's all about American culture, Soviet chess culture, all of the, the tension between those two countries and how it's sort of played itself out on the board between these two guys and a very historically significant event. So uh, I really like that book. It's by uh, Edenoff and uh, Edenoff and Edmonds. Well, that, that's a, a uh, you know, Mark Fowler came on here with a bunch of intellectual recommendations and you're right there with them. Uh, we're, we're, you know, talking chess. So I, I, I love it. Uh, Monica, what's, uh, what are your downloads uh, for this week? Well, I may have to check out the, that book. Uh, you know, we host the chess championships every now and then here in, in Dallas. So uh, I, I never knew some of what uh, Bobby was talking about there. So I may have to check that out. Well, you know, I'm one that normally doesn't have a, a lot of downloads, but um, I, I've got two things that I wanted to bring to the table today. One, hopefully everyone saw the uh, uh, the Adele concert and, and interviews with uh, Oprah on Sunday. That was uh, quite amazing. And Adele has her new album 30 coming out this week. So excited to be able to download that. And then I've been spending a little bit more time in the car than usual heading back and forth since I'm temporarily uh, residing out at my lake house. So uh, I've uh, been downloading and listened to the entire series of the Murdoch Murders podcast. So um, it was referred to me for a friend of, you know, different true crime and uh, South Carolina lowlands, and uh, they've been in the news, definitely, and just trying to follow that saga a little bit and, and see where that's going to lead. 
Yeah, and of course, Monica, you and I, we don't have to belabor the point. We love talking about Yellowstone, Bobby, on this oh. show. I don't know if you're a fan. So so uh, for me, you know, the succession in Yellowstone are right now a constant uh, in my download list. Uh, but my 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 the, the one that I have to hit this this time is the number one Thanksgiving family tradition for my family, which is watching planes, trains, and automobiles on Thanksgiving night. This is one of the most underrated comedies, underappreciated. It belongs in the pantheon of great comedies. And of course, it's Steve Martin trying to make his way home from New York to Chicago on Thanksgiving and getting attached, uh, sometimes physically, to John Candy in what is an awesome movie in a great script. Uh, the great uh, late John Hughes uh, directed it. And uh, so that's what I got going this week. Uh, and, you know, we had some recent guests, Monica, who mentioned Made, the Netflix series. Joe and I finished that uh, this week. That was uh, excellent. Uh, and Killers of the Flower Moon was another recommendation from one of our recent guests that I've started uh, reading. So, uh, you know, the mic drop can make you smart if you're, if you're not careful and, uh, and entertained as, as well. Uh, so, Bobby, before we let you go, give us a... Not to put you on the spot with a Mavericks prediction, but but let's say you know Luke is not out too long and health is restored. Uh, what? How good could this team be? I think they could definitely be top six in the West, and that of course would mean they don't have to play in the play-in, which is basically your game comes down to one or two seasons, and then you could go home. You know, if you finish seventh place in the conference, so they definitely have the talent, they have the depth. I think to finish top six, a lot like you said, kind of relies on Luka coming back soon. And then, of course, keeping Kristaps Porzingis healthy. But, you know, they're gunning for top four. They won home court in the first round. They've made winning at home a big point of emphasis this season, and they've only lost one game so far at American Airlines Center. And so from their perspective, no matter who they're playing, if they meet them on their home floor, they expect to win. And if you get home court, that means you play game seven at home instead of on the road like last season. I think they have the talent to do it, uh, but it – comes down to can you win on the second night of a back-to-back in January? Can you beat the lottery teams whenever you're not really feeling like playing at 100%? You know, those kinds of nights cost them last year. They got to make sure that that does not happen again this year. And I think they have kind of that renewed sort of spirit and energy and focus to uh, to make sure that that does not happen. Well, I hope I hope you're right. I hope uh, we, you know, the division is is there to for the taking. So hopefully we've got a good shot at top four top six so bobby thanks for joining us always good to see you i uh, tell your mom hello from the uh, mic drop crew and uh, with that uh, you know happy thanksgiving everybody on behalf of monica paul and the dallas sports commission thanks to our guests bobby carella michael malone and brad alberts thanks to the mic drop production team danielle whitelaw Pescura, angela lang and marcus carr all of tony for apr mark and jay at vocal media and of course our showrunner Tony Fay. Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody.